You're listening to the Hippie Haven Podcast. I'm Callie, and it's my life mission to empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to spark positive change in your community. If you're new here, I'm the owner of Bestowed Essentials and Hippie Haven. I started Bestowed Essentials just over three years ago, and today our handmade, eco-friendly personal care and cleaning products can be found on the shelves of over 200 stores across the U.S. and Canada. Bestowed Essentials is one of the 15 winners of the Stacy's Rise Project Class of 2020, and we are also recognized by FedEx as one of their top 100 small businesses in the U.S. for two years in a row. In December 2019, my team and I opened Hippie Haven, a zero-waste store and community space in Rapid City, South Dakota. Of course, I also host this Hippie Haven podcast, and we release new episodes every Wednesday, which you can get instantly downloaded to your phone for easy listening by subscribing to the Hippie Haven podcast on any of the major podcasting apps. You can find the show notes and transcript for every episode on hippiehavenpodcast.com. You can also learn more about me on our website. You can follow along on Instagram at hippiehavenshop or subscribe to our YouTube channel to see more behind the scenes at both of our Earth Conscious companies. This episode is made possible by Ritual, a vegan vitamin company made by skeptics for skeptics. They are obsessed with science and transparency, and you can see on their website exactly what ingredients are in their vitamins, why they chose them, what city they came from, and how much is included. They have daily multivitamins for menstruators, for postmenopause, and for prenatal. Order your first bottle with free shipping by visiting hippiehavenpodcast.com forward slash ritual. My guest today is Elio Sello. Today we're talking about how to get into nature for the first time if that wasn't something you grew up doing, how to sustainably camp, and what her van life experience has been like. Let's get started. So Ellie, tell me about yourself and what you do for a living. Yeah, um, you actually caught me in an interesting moment. I accepted a new job offer yesterday. So I have been working at a small creative agency in Hood River, Oregon, right in the heart of the Columbia River Gorge. Um, I moved here uh, right after a couple of years of raft guiding took me to some really neat places, and Hood River was the neatest. So settled down here, got a job at a a really neat little advertising agency, and then yesterday um, was hired uh, with an all-remote um, growth marketing agency. So getting ready to start a new chapter. That is so cool. And congrats on the new job. Thanks. When would you say that your love for the outdoors began? Um, I can remember it vividly. I, I grew up in Denver or in a suburb outside of Denver. And um, my dad and mom are both from different places around the U.S. My dad grew up in Montana. My mom grew up in Alaska. And they both came to Colorado as a place when they were younger, um, out of college to really explore. And then they met and fell in love and that story happened. And so they were really excited to make sure that their kids enjoyed all of the outdoors that they loved, which was primarily skiing. So I remember being a tiny little kid on those adorable tiny little skis and my dad saying we have to do another bump run before we can go back and hit the little jumps so (laughs) it started very very early in my little life besides skiing what other outdoor activities do you enjoy 
Um, I spent my college years um, making some extra beer money by uh, working at a climbing gym um, just right off of campus. So that really fueled a lot of my climbing community, and I fell in love with um, climbing and mostly um, sport climbing. Love bouldering too, but sport climbing was really what was so exciting to me. And then after I graduated, um, I had a friend that knew that I didn't know what I wanted to do and encouraged me to be a raft guide for a couple years. So um, through that, I was int introduced to whitewater kayaking in that community, which has been just so loving and welcoming and really wrote my ticket to um, come move to the gorge. And here um, in the gorge, it's really this amazing mecca of world-class sports. You have world-class whitewater runs, anything from beginner runs to the Little White Salmon, which is one of the most renowned um, runs in the country, even the world. And then also we have Mount Hood, which is home to the only ski resort that you can ski at all year, um, Timberline Resort. And we have world-class mountain biking right outside our door. So uh, I really have embrace the mountain biking community as I've um, spent more time here and uh, but it is really fun to kind of have a number of different sports in my repertoire that way we can look out our window in the morning and be like what what do we feel like doing today so that that's really special I would love if you could give us some tips on how to enjoy nature uh, sustainably and especially you know if we're just starting out in some of these new outdoor activities and buying some new gear to practice them how do we reduce our waste while doing that yeah I think that there's this interesting conversation where we see sustainability sometimes in outdoor sports um, in kind of this exclusionary way so thinking about you know Especially, I think mountain biking is a convenient example because um, we, you drive through Hood River especially, which is a very privileged, high-earning type of area, and you see these five $10,000 bikes, um, brand new bikes, and you see people with super fancy Gore-Tex, and, and it's, you know, we realize that a lot of these sports that we think are bringing us closer to our natural world are really consumptive. Um, so I think that being intentional with your choices that you make, um, not only where you're going to recreate and how each individual trail system and ecosystem needs to be treated in a different and uh, thoughtful way, but also um, gear choices and really being thoughtful about um, buying secondhand and repairing things that might be cast aside because they have um, holes or, you know, minor flaws, um, you know, really like searching different sites like Poshmark is a great site. I found some great like used bike shoes and bike clothing. So knowing that your success and your fun on the trail is in no way connected to the quality and newness of your gear. I mean, clearly when it comes to the mechanics of your bike, it's important to make sure that everything's well taken care of and, and able to get you down safely and other safety gear like helmet. But um, disassociating the the way you feel about biking from the newness and fanciness of, of 
how you buy your way into it, I think has been a really important and eye-opening uh, exercise for me. For people who maybe grew up um, completely disconnected from nature, it's never been a part of their life, what first activity would you recommend that has a really easy entry point where you maybe don't even need to buy anything at all? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question. I think that, um, you know, hiking is a, is a phenomenal way or even just going on a scenic drive to to intentionally like take a deep breath and slow down and really look at your surroundings. Um, obviously, there are, um, you know, owning a car or being able to buy a nice quality pair of shoes and get to a trailhead, there's, there's privilege in that. But there's a lot of really neat public transportation, especially in my area, that is transporting people from um, Portland all over the city into uh, different places along the Columbia Gorge. Um, we'll drop you all right off at hiking spots. So I think even just like hopping on public transportation, um, walking around a trailhead, looking at a waterfall, maybe spending some time on the internet and uh, investigating what flora or fauna or fungi you might find along the way, you know, using a moment in nature to really explore and be present and look and learn. I think that that's something, you know, that, that is exciting and accessible to many. Is it possible to go on short hikes with just like your everyday sneakers or do you need to buy hiking shoes? Certainly, you do not need any special gear to go on a short walk um, in in the wilderness or in on a trail. Uh, I didn't I didn't mean to for it to sound like that if if that's what I made it sound like. But um, yeah, no, I mean I've seen people out there in in on a lot of um, popular Columbia Gorge hiking trails in in flip flops. Um, so certainly, you know, uh, a comfortable um, closed-toed pair of shoes can help you know, eliminate that variable from your experience, but by no means do you need to go out and purchase something in an attempt to access the outdoors. What about camping? Can you give us some tips for low waste camping? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm really, you know, thankful to be living in a place where, uh, there's a ton of space. We have a lot of outdoor space that's, um, you know, on which we're uh, able to camp and spend time. So um, one of my favorite places is the Gifford Pinchot National Forest. It's huge. It's so big. Um, and there's a lot of dispersed camping options in the Gifford Pinchot National Forest. So, um, you know, sometimes the campgrounds around here can, can book up or they can be expensive or it's kind of unintelligible how to secure a spot in one of the, the most sought after places. But Dispersed camping is a really neat option, and it's close enough to Portland and um, uh, Vancouver that you can even go out for a night um, and try it out. Um, but but ensuring that you know everything, everything that you pack in is packed out, and um, you know car camping is a really low low entry level way to to start to experience camping. And for those who are totally, totally new to any of this, can you explain what dispersed camping is? Sure thing. Um, dispersed camping is um, is really when you are able to pull off on a spur road, 
um, on a on a pullout somewhere in the national forest and camp without there being an established campground. So um, it's it's a really nice way to really get that feeling of solitude and sleeping out um, without needing to you know uh, make a reservation or uh, get permission exact place it's really an exploratory and fun way to be like this looks nice should we stay here um i really like that part of the adventure but you do have to be in areas where dispersed camping is allowed correct you can't just literally pitch a tent anywhere oh certainly and i find that most ranger stations um will be extremely helpful with this type of information so uh, if we just keep using the Gifford Pinchot as an example, there's a really great ranger station in Trout Lake, um, which is one of the access points, especially for our area. And everybody in there is super knowledgeable and will help give you tips and ideas on where to go. Um, and then it's pretty easy. The, the information is pretty well accessible online, too. So, um, yeah, good point. Make sure that you're uh, investigating where dispersed camping is legal. But I think that for people that have yet to really explore, I think they'll be surprised how available um, and accessible dispersed camping is. And you mentioned car camping as well. What are what are the rules around car camping? Can you pull over anywhere and do that? Or do you need to go to a campground? What does that look like? So um, I'm kind of using car camping and dispersed camping interchangeably here. And this is from my personal perspective because our favorite way to go camp in the Gifford Pinchot is to um, go uh, sleep in our van. Um, so I think that, you know, a lot of people will use, think of dispersed camping as, as parking at a trailhead and hiking along a trail on which dispersed camping is legal and pitching a tent um, somewhere along that trail or in the wilderness. Um, so yeah, it's important to know where, like which roads are okay and will be supportive of car camping if you want to pitch your tent next to your car or if you want to sleep in your car. So um, many ways to cut the cake on that. And that's what's fun about camping is it's, it's easy to be creative and plan a new feeling or trip or a new type of trip every time. Tell me more about sleeping in your van and, and kind of what van life is like for you. Yeah, um, it has been so fun taking an old electrician's van that had a bunch of kind of rattly uh, shelving in it, gutting it and building it into something that worked um, not only for my partner and I, but for our two dogs as well. So we designed the interior and built it out ourselves. Um, and uh, thankfully, we... Um, we again have a lot of this area around us to explore. So it's easy for us even to hop in on a weeknight and drive the van out uh, uh, on a dirt road, Porsche road behind our house. And, you know, we have a, uh, an oven in there and a little stove and cook some dinner and let the dogs run around um, and sleep out with, sometimes we'll even leave the door open. Um, just getting that fresh air and the quiet and the bright stars, it's really neat. It's its an experience that um, I really, truly appreciate. How do you reduce your trash in such a small space? Yeah, part of this is being very aware of and considerate of what we're, how we're packing. Oftentimes, I mean, farmer's markets are 
the the top choice for us and we have so many productive and amazing uh, um, um, booths in our area um, we live in an area that's extremely dominated by the fruit industry so um, thinking about our favorite meals are we're primarily plant-based um, so it's pretty easy to reduce your waste when it comes to that so thinking about packing things in reusable jars or canisters or containers um, and then you know the 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 goal is to just be coming back with compost that we throw to our chickens sometimes you know we'll have a small bag of trash but we always keep that um, on hand and everything contained and dispose of it properly when we get back home and you actually you spent your honeymoon recently doing van life correct yes we did <laughs> Tell me about that trip and, you know, how, why did you guys decide to van life for your honeymoon? Where did you go and, and what was it like living in such close proximity with your new partner, um, you know, in, in this, this monumentous chapter of your life? Yeah. Um, thanks for the question. It was really fun. Uh, you know, we, we built this van out, not specifically for the purpose of our honeymoon, but not long into the process, the light bulb kind of went off and we're like, what if, what if we drove from Hood River, Oregon to the tip of Baja? Um, and thankfully my, my work was very flexible and accommodating of our wild idea and we took a full month to do it. So um, it took us, I think, five or six days to get all the way down to, um, La Ventana and camping all along the way. So uh, camping at van life can can be this kind of glittering sort of um, nice looking easy type of uh, activity in some ways that people portray it. And I'm sure I am guilty of portraying it this way on the very limited Instagram presence I have. But, um, you know, we it's not without it's really hilarious bumps and obstacles. So, um, you know, there was one night where we had been driving all night and we were like, Oh my gosh, we just need to find somewhere to pull over. We pulled into this like park and it was in like, I can't even remember. I think it was Northern California and we're like, okay, we'll just be here for a couple of hours, get some quick shut eye and we'll be gone in the morning. And maybe it was like four in the morning that we get a knock on our window and the, the security guards like, you can't stay here. And we're like, Oh gosh. <laughs> so we moved to like a Walmart parking lot, which was just, it was, which was just fine. But it's those, um, you know, van life has this way of throwing variables into a vacation or a trip that, uh, are not as, um, prevalent in other ways of travel. And I think that that just really enhances the experience. It, you know, really deepens your bag of stories. And, you know, on the way up, we had some van trouble. But, you know, in the end, the thing that we loved so much about our trip is um, you're clear in Baja to camp on the beach in your car. So we drove down and spent two weeks camping alongside other surfers, explorers, people with dogs. We met some amazing people, you know, cheers to Kate, to the setting sun with people from all over the globe that came to have a similar experience, woke up surfing in the sunrise and, you know, just 
had a had a ball wouldn't have changed it for the world yeah I've gotten quite a few of those middle of the night knocks and uh (laughs) one time I just got a just got a ticket uh without them them even knocking and telling me to move along they just went straight for the ticket which was a bummer (laughs) California takes their uh California Highway Patrol takes their job very seriously about cars parked uh along the coast or along the beach or anything like that what can you do (laughs) What other tips do you have for our listeners about just sustainably getting outdoors? Yeah, I think that, you know, really looking for resources that sometimes I forget that literally anything is Googleable now. So um, using the resources at hand and asking the questions, you know, even just typing in, if you think it's something that's you know, you could figure out on your own, even just typing in, how do I be more sustainable in my van? Or how do I get into dispersed camping? Or where can I go camping in a dispersed manner around me? Um, There are, there's a wealth of information out there. And especially as of late, I think that there's a heightened conversation around how to do these things sustainably. So the information is out there. Um, I can share my experiences with going plant-based honestly has been uh, a massive shift in our, our effort to be more sustainable. Um, just, just wrapping my mind around how much more packaging goes into meat products than into fruits and vegetables and grains um, has really been a perspective changer. Um, and also voting. Uh, there's, there's just especially on, on every level, whether it's local or national, um, there are many people that are working to hold corporations, wasteful corporations more accountable, um, and joining that conversation to, you know, not put the whole onus on yourself to reduce your carbon footprint, which is a small but important part of the conversation, but also knowing that the conversation is far bigger than us. And when we um, when we get together and use a unified voice and demand change, that's when the real change will start to happen. So um, that's what's been feeling most empowering to me lately. Well, that is a perfect place to end it. And I actually should have asked you before we started recording, do you want any of our listeners to follow you on Instagram or do you have a blog or anything that you want to direct people towards? Sure. I I have a, you know, a I don't use my Instagram too, too much, but um, I share as much as I can um, on my stories and try to share information, um, on my gallery. So I'm just, um, E Ocello, just my, the first initial of my first name and then my last name. And, um, yeah, it shouldn't be too hard to find me. Perfect. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. Yeah. It was great chatting. And that's a wrap. Now it's time to take action. If you're new to the outdoors, see if you can find equipment secondhand instead of purchasing it new. And if you haven't already, get out and vote. Vote for the change you want to see in the world. I encourage all of you to go outside, take a deep breath, and remember what we're fighting for. I'll be back next week with an episode on a youth literature program working to inform and empower youth voices. Remember, knowledge is power, so if you learned something from today's episode, Share it with someone you know who'd also benefit from this free resource. If you share the podcast on social media, don't forget to tag and follow us at Hippie Haven Shop 
or my personal Instagram is at hippie.ceo. This podcast is produced with the help of my communications coordinator, Ray Lynn, who also helps produce our Hippie Haven YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on YouTube to see more behind the scenes at our zero waste company. You can also support our environmental advocacy work here at Hippie Haven by leaving a review for this podcast in whichever app you're using to listen, or buy us a virtual cup of coffee to keep us going. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Hippie Haven to support our work. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.